Hey, welcome to the Gig Life Podcast. I'm your host, Stevie Taylor. Uh, excuse my voice at the minute. Um, I'm feeling a little bit under the weather, a bit of a bug thing going on. Anyway, is what it is. Um, I hope you're all doing well. Festive season is here, so stay safe, be well, and look after yourself and your crew. My guest today is guitarist extraordinaire, Paul Mason. He's a cool cat, man. He's involved in some great projects, including Rattlesnake. He has a Jeff Beck show and a bunch of solo music. So we talk about all these projects and a bunch of other stuff. So that's enough from me. Let's rip in. This is episode 140. Paul Mason, here we go. I think we're rolling. Paul Mason. Welcome to the Gig Life Podcast, man. How are you? Thanks for having me. Thank you so much. We've been trying to get this going for, for a while. We, we have. And um, I think I I originally invited you on the podcast. Um, I think it was uh, – hang on. Let me look at the messages. It was – was really early on in the first in my first year, I think of the of the podcast, and um, yeah, two thousand eighteen right. or nineteen or something like that. But yeah, we we couldn't we weren't able to to get it happening. And then yeah, you're right. We've um, the last three weeks, I was supposed to come out to your place, and the first week, um, I wasn't very well. <laughs> last week you weren't yeah, very well. And then I got sick. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I'm, I'm supposed to be at your place now, but we're actually doing this. Um, <laughs> Remotely, because my wife's gone out and I'm here with the kids. So, <laughs> nah, it's all good. Yeah, it's all it's all good. Yeah, but let's let's totally have a have that beer at some stage. Uh, absolutely, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah man. that'd be awesome, man. So what's been going on? We, we have been. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, I'm just gonna say you uh, you mentioned that you had a uh, battlestake gig last night. Yeah. Mm. We did um, a, a very Battlesnake Christmas was the, the, the gig was called. Um, and we've played at this. It was at Avalon RSL. It's the awesome, awesome pub venue vibe. And I, it's nice up there. You know, we've played there probably four times now over the five, six, seven years we've been doing it. But a lot of the guys are actually from up that way. So it's a bit of a sort of hometown kind of feel to that to that place so it was good it was nice it was a hot day but um you know it was a bit of a christmas sort of party for the avalon it was the the that venue's kind of christmas party i think so they kind of it was semi themed but it was you know it was just a gig was it just just so it was cool was it just you guys or was there a, a bill there there was a support it was a guy called Bino Blip was the support and he's a really cool um vocal vocalist uh, lyricist, producer type person. Right, he's great. It's quite. I'd never met him before. He was. He was awesome. Jimmy Fuller was playing guitar with him. Right. So, for the people that don't know, just just explain a little bit what what Battlestake's all about. Um. Okay. It's the kind of. It's 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 a themed. It's a thematic rock uh, metal throwback you know band and it's it's kind of like metal but it's kind of prog and classic rock as well 
Um, but it's pretty, yeah, it's pretty unique. We've been pushing at it for about seven years now. And um, there's, I'm one of three guitar players in it, myself, Dan Willington and, and Ben Frank. And um, we, yeah, we all kind of grew up together and it's like the, the brand, it's just, yeah, the branding's really strong and we've been, we've been really fortunate with that band because it's, there's seven of us involved that um, we, we've all worked a lot in the professional musical world and um, coming together to form something, we all, you know, wanted to do it in a way that was going to be as potent as we could make it. So, um, and it's, you know, it's tricky because we're all, we, we all kind of have our own personalities and our own proclivities in terms of what we like and what we hear and the way we write and all this kind of thing. Um, but it's, it's, yeah, it's been like a really, um, it's it's been going pretty well. Like the band has a, a a pretty solid organic fan base now, and we've been able to um, been lucky enough to to have some pretty cool and big opportunities over the last six seven years. By the virtue of the fact that there's seven the band the concept of you know the the, the band there's access to all of you know the seven networks of ours and. Um, and and the fact that like we've tried to make it completely as uh, it's it really is unique, and it and it is like uh, amazing in this uh, in a sense that it's um, super high energy. Uh, there's there's a certain amount of virtuosity there, and this and Sam Sam Frank, the lead singer, um, is 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 a really gifted. Uh, I mean, everyone in the band is like super gifted in their own way and stuff. But Sam, the way the 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 songs are about all these thematic things like medieval yeah. witchcraft and wizardry. It's real nerdy stuff, you know. Um, but people just love it, you know, because we all sort of we've all you know we've all got a, a soft spot for like you know things like Lord of the Rings and and to- Tolkien and things like that, and um and that kind of comes into the world building. But then there's there's this whole other side to it that it's like amphetamine and amphetamines and like uh, we've got a song called the road warrior so there's that there's a lot of that kind of imagery as well like which really suits the metal kind of aesthetic and um yeah or like the rock kind of yeah the rock aesthetic in the in that sense so it's yeah it's cool it's challenging uh because you know we've had to built you know we've all been pushing at it for so long and while the the band is has has been making clear steps in a in a in a positive direction you know we've all had to juggle our own lives in and around the thing and obviously you know we've we have it's for me it's it's a it's it's cool for me to be in an awesome band um with guys that I love and and guys that I regularly am learning from, you know, just as a person and creatively as well. But also I have, I have a lot of other, there are other, definitely other avenues that I want to, that, that I have and want, w- would like to continue to pursue as a musician, um, you know, but yeah, but Battlesnake is, is, yeah, it's, 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 um, has to be, you have to see it live to sort of, 
to sort of get it. We've got a song called The Call of the Succubus, which is a huge – that song, people love that song. Yeah. And Dan Millington plays this incredible solo in it, you know. And uh, and I kind of I kind of bring my sort of thing that I do on the guitar, which is the you know the voice that I have and the way that I do it. And we all kind of have a, each a little moment to sort of showcase. The, I mean, a bunch of little moments throughout the night. And Ben as well. Ben's a really awesome really beautiful sounding player in that more of a classic rock Gibson through a Marshall type style, you know, Dan's kind of like this alien, you know, and then I kind of have my sort of pretty unique thing that I do. So it's, it's cool. That was sort of how the band sort of started was Ben wanted to be former band. Ben Frank wanted to form a band with his like two, his two favorite guitar players growing up, you know, so it's cool. It's been yeah. It's it's been it's been an interesting an interesting few years, but we're we're all pretty excited to see where it goes. Yeah, you know? that's cool. So there's I'll put some links mm. in the in the show notes so people go and check out the the videos on YouTube. Hell yeah! And then, yeah, it's um it's exciting. I I that's it's certainly one band that I want to come and see see live. So, oh please, <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm, You've got a beer in your hand all night because you will want to drink. It's like that's that's why the venues love us as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've got pyro, we've got CO two cannons, we've got lasers, we've got yep. because there's so much production that goes into it, and the music is like so high energy yep. that if you've had one beer, it's like by the end of the set, it, it's people people drink, you know, like they they want to lit up, you know, yeah. <laughs> and that's that's what. Uh, that's that's part of why we've um you know been 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 successful up to this point is and have been able to build that that organic fan base which is it's hard to do it's very it's 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 been a huge amount of work for all of us can over the last few years yeah but it's definitely music so you know, <laughs> it's drinking and or running or you know yeah it's it's <laughs> or, or you're driving at a hundred Ninety miles an hour. Yeah. Do you have um? I, I've just got this uh, Im- image in my head. Like I see these videos and reels pop up sometimes of a band playing and the the crowd. All they do is just beat the fucking shit out of each other. They're throwing mm. dicks and punching each other, and it's and they're enjoying it, eh? So <laughs> yeah. Do you, do you get any of that? <laughs> we do. We do get a little bit of of moshing. Yeah, there is a little bit of moshing. Oh, this is extreme I'm moshing. So... I'm talking about. This is like yeah, they line yeah. each other so, up like they know they're com- They know they're coming and they're going to cop a forearm, and that, you know they're, oh, bracing, sure. they're bracing for it. And... <laughs> yeah, yeah. That that's definitely uh, boisterous, like male yeah. vibes. You know, yeah. at a Thrash. I call that more thrash. I, I mean, in my opinion, that's more of a thrash concert yep. type thing. Yep. Um, whereas, I mean, yeah, like we there, there is a little. We definitely do have a little bit of that, but you know, we we all we all we also certainly want people to you know be safe and for everyone to have a good time and everything. And you know, occasion. Yeah, we definitely don't want anyone getting hurt or pushed around or bullied at, at our at our shows. But, yeah, when people are drunk and rowdy on a Friday and Saturday night, yeah, you definitely do get – yeah, not to the level of, of um, that. <laughs> that thrash. Yeah. yeah, like big day out thrash vibes. Yeah. But, yeah, there is a little bit of that. Yeah. Sure. Gotcha. 
Mm. All right, man, what we might do now is roll it right back to the beginning. Sure. Like, let's talk about your, your your childhood and your musical upbringing and that kind of thing. So, um, what I do, what I do know is you have a you have a twin brother and he's a he's a bass player musician as well. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about your um. You know, your mum and dad musicians or other yeah. things in your band, and what kind of music was around at that time when you were growing up. Yeah. So um, my dad was a a musician, like a guitar player, frontman type person, sort of in the in the style of kind of Chuck Berry or Little Richard, someone like that. And um, he's awesome, like very, very much uh, in that in that kind of a style, like that rock and roll, because that was what everyone, that was what you played back then. I mean, people still play that kind of music today. It goes absolutely off, you know. Um, but he's got a very sort of unique style, and um, he was he was awesome. He, he did a whole bunch of work around the clubs in Sydney. He went to England and, and London and toured around there for for a number of years. And um, but he he kind of came he had he had this roofing company at the same time so the music thing for him it wasn't it didn't have to be the sort of be all and end all but he you know he went he loves it like he loves playing and he still plays and he still he's still awesome you know um, in my sort of early life I kind of hit the jazz thing pretty hard so he he kind of he wasn't as into that but in terms of like your sort of more um, pop pop music of the sixties and seventies. He's he's definitely across a lot of that stuff. You know, like he's he introduced me to people like Eric Clapton and Mark Knopfler early on, um, and they were they were before I kind of started really hitting the jazz thing because I started playing guitar when I was about five or six because my dad had this this little Stratocaster Chinese copy of a Stratocaster that was tiny and I you know that was and I, so I I was mucking around on that as a as a real little kid and then um I would get lessons and stuff as well but I wasn't really serious I wasn't super serious about it until I sort of got to high school and I kind of crossed that threshold where I sort of had put in enough time where I could kind of play a few things and then um so it didn't really start I didn't really start getting serious about it when, until I got to um, and my father's name is Ken Mason, by the way. Ken, his stage name back in the day was Kenny Ansett, and he he was in a band called Fifties. Then he had a band later on. You know, it was, a lot of it was sort of club stuff, but he's he was right into it, you know. And he's got yeah, he's he's a bloody legend, my dad. He's a bit deaf these days, but we love him. Um, well, that's so. If I fast, that's, forward, that's good. Oh yeah, sorry. That's good that you yeah. love him, even though he's deaf. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we love him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, he's. Yeah, he's 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 been he's been really good to Nolan and me. Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, you know, he's, he's your dad. You know, you'd you'd hope so, but he's yeah. yeah, we love him. You know, we you know, like any father and son relationship, you grate a bit as you grow up and stuff. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, yep. yeah. Now, so um, but I'm um, so, yeah. you go. Oh, I was gonna so your your brother um, Noel, right? So. Did you guys both start playing around the same time? And and yeah, so Noel, no, no, go on. yeah, so Noel, yeah, so Noel, um, Noel kind of didn't get to the. I kind of like knew. I kind of had taken the interest in the guitar 
early on and I kind of stayed with that. I mean, I had other interests through high school, like we did martial arts and I was like a pretty half-decent tennis player as well. So I was into that. I was quite heavily into those two hobbies as a, as an adolescent. But when I um, got to about year seven or year eight, um, I started, the guitar thing started to take, I just started, I started to get more obsessed and was putting more time into the guitar. And Noel at the same time was, he was kind of playing, he was sort of flirting with the piano and the trumpet up until he, about year 11. And so in year 11, at, by the time I was in year 11, I was already playing in big bands. I'd kind of wrestled with this jazz thing for a while and I kind of had started to get what would become my sort of concept on the instrument. I'd, I had the workings of it by that time. I could read music a bit. I could I could play through changes or whatever. Um so by that time, I was I, w- I had sort of you know graduated. I was in the, the 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 I went to Newtown High School at the Performing Arts as well, and that that was a huge you know hugely cool and amazing thing for, and a huge part of why I I am a you know I call myself a, a working guy today. Yep. You know, yep. <laughs> and I well, I, was, um, I was he was at Newtown too, wasn't he? So that's the yes, yeah, that was the point I was going to bring up. Okay. Year seven, year seven, and year eight. Um, Noel, sw- Noel found the bass in year 11. I'll, I'll circle back to that. But year seven and year eight, I, I'm, I'm in, I get to this school. I, I, I got in for music. I didn't get in straight away. I got waitlisted in because um, I thought Noel and I were maybe going to go to Joey's. We were going to maybe even go to boarding school. We didn't know what we were going to do or something, I think, you know, which I'm super glad yeah. that that wasn't going to happen because it just, you know, God knows how much it would have cost as well. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so um, I, I mean, yeah, I, I mean, I mean, Abe and I, that was where I met Abraham, and Abe was a huge part of my early influence. You know, it was it was Abe and, and his dad Victor, who you know, who Victor Rounds that um, introduced me to people like Lee Rittenauer and and Pat Metheny. Um, I can still remember the first time I, I heard Pat Metheny. That was like my whole life changed. It was that solo that he played on on. Um, have you heard the song is called it's a minor blues now here I'm like oh it's actually a minor blues but at the time when I heard it I was because he just was doing this thing where he would just be dancing around the harmony like the 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 free flowing nature because I'd been listening to like Knopfler and Clapton really up to that point I hadn't this whole like way of just dancing through the harmony that he does I hadn't heard that before and that completely floored me then I was then I mean obviously that you know I, I think I, I'd, I'd heard a bunch of George Benson stuff as well but the, but what obviously Benson's kind of like the king of kings but <clears throat> uh, yeah I still remember that was a huge and it was Abe that showed me that and then um and then I remember I can still remember going to Abe's house as a kid. We're in like year seven or eight and Victor's like learning. I think you might have been doing Dancing with the Stars at that time or something, you know, some like big TV something or other. He's going through the music for it and we're, me and Abe are just like, play rear funk, play, do like the slap bass thing, you know. And, and he was like full doing it and, and I thought the slap bass thing was like, you know, I mean it is cool. It's, you know, it's like, a, you know, it's, it can be considered 
I mean, uh, I mean, I don't know. I'm not going to say anything cheesy. What do I know? I mean, half of the stuff <laughs> I do is probably, you know, could be considered cheesy. Um, but yeah, I don't know. At, at the time, I just thought that was so cool. Like, I'd, to see someone actually like to hear a piece of music like like that Lee Rittenhouse stuff that and and then that Abe had had showed me, and then seeing his dad like just killing it on that stuff i was i was i was hooked i was like i wanted to get i want to get to the point and abe abe as well was like at the age of 13 got into the senior big band it was like the dude all that work all that time that it took me my high school career to sort of catch up he'd done in primary school because vic just got it he he was already naturally gifted because vic's a bloody legend and and um he kind of had already done all that work in primary school. So the dude was like a pro at the age of 12 or 13, you know, mm. and I was kind of, I was, I so admired that. And I still do like Abe's, Abe's such a hugely special person and special musician. And, um, you know, I was determined to see how, whether I could close the gap to get to the point where I could sort of hang in a situation a musical situation with him and, you know, be of, of some validity, you know, which I eventually, you know, definitely managed to get to, but it was, it took, it took the next kind of five, five, six years of really studying and, 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 um, getting, getting, the, uh, uh, the, the, trying to demystify this whole jazz improvisation thing, which everyone has to figure out how to do in their own way, you know, but it's funny, like I, I went right through that and I was introduced to people like, Later on, I, I heard I heard James Muller. You know, that was I still worship him. He that, that was like it's like hearing Hendrix for the first time. You know, and again, I'm seeing these guys do it live. You know, there's something different to like seeing someone that that I'd heard about as well. I'd heard like whispers of this James Muller person, yep, yep. and then I'm down at Mount Gambier doing the the um, Generations in Jazz Festival because I was in this state-wide selective big band with the arts unit that Abe was in as well um, for a few years, a couple of years. And, um, and my mate Brendan Clark is like, is that Muller? Hey, is that Muller? And I'm, just, and I'm like, I'd never seen him before, but I, you know, heard whispers. And he's playing this AS200 guitar, one, you know, one of which I've – he's playing one of these things, these like John Scoey yep. models, right? That's the first time I – heard him play he was playing one of them and again it was like that it was like that same feeling that I got when I heard Matheny the first time like it was just there was something because it was like unique like Muller has this thing where there's like he had he has this sort of scoey Hendrixy thing but then he's got the beautiful free-flowing jazz vocabulary as well you know and, and it's like he, he's kind of married them in like this beautiful way that he's got that edgy Aussie thing, you know, that like a lot of, I feel like the Australian guitar zeitgeist, there's this edge that that a lot of us have that I think is really special because I think we've got, like, I think the guitar players here in Australia are, I mean, I'm probably going to sound like a dick for saying this, but I actually reckon our, 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 our axemen are better than the, the, the Nashville guys. You know, I mean, Brent, I mean, Brent Mason, incredible, you know, but you look at like Marlai, Ollie Thorpe, you know, I saw him play the other night with Friedman, like, man, that dude's, he's, you know, I grew up, I grew up with him. He's really a contemporary of mine. We did, we did the Wangaratta uh, Jazz Awards together, you know, 
back in 2012. But he's, he, you know, that dude's, he's amazing. He's a beautiful, really close friend of mine, someone, but he's also someone that I have such an admiration for now, just seeing how he's got, got his pedal steel concept thing. And then he does the Derek trucks kind of open tune on, not the Derek trucks is open tune, but the, um, Rykuda kind of slide open tuning thing. And then he does the sort of standard tuning thing as well. And I'm watching him going like, wow, it's, you kind of like playing three kinds of guitar as, as good as I, I can, or, you know, as I can play one of those kinds of styles of guitar. <laughs> it's, it's like, no, but it's cool. I love him. He's, he's doing my um, Jeff Beck show in yeah, January. Yeah, it's going to be fun. That's great. Mm. That's cool. That's the factory theater. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we'll talk a bit about the yeah. Jeff Beck thing a little bit later. So just circling back. Yeah, we can touch on that. Circle back sure. to your brother. Um, mm. So, so just on the on the twins thing, right? So, mm-hmm. I, I haven't met you, and I, I haven't met Noel in in person yet. Um, okay, yeah. But I know what you look like because you both look the same, obviously, because you're twins. But I was at a gig. Mm. I was at the gig a couple of weeks ago for Winita Tippins' EP release. I was there as well. Okay. This is what yeah. I'm getting to, right? I was standing at mm. the back. I saw you. I was standing at the. Oh, cool. I was standing at the back of the room, and I saw you, but I didn't know it was if it was you or if it was Noel because I hadn't met you before. Yeah, because <laughs> we'd been we'd been we'd been chatting trying to set this up, right? So we'd been talking, and I saw you, and I and I'm like, I don't want to go up and say, "Hey, <laughs> hey, Paul," and then, "Oh no, I'm not Paul. I'm Noel." I just would have felt like a fucking knob. So I, I just uh, I, so yeah, I saw I, I saw mean, you. <laughs> man, I, I understand the 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 feeling and the sentiment around that, but yep. never, you know, I, I tell this to people all the time. It's it happened. First of all, it happens all the time, and <clears> for <throat> for us, like, oh, cool, this is another person that. I've already knows, you know, might know Noel or might know me or whatever. For me, it's like, oh, I get to have double the amount yeah, yeah. of potential, yeah. friends, you know. Gotcha. But I, I, I totally get it. And I think I'd, I think I'd had a couple to drink that night. But I would have, you know, I, I'm surprised I didn't see you because I kicked around there for quite a while. I'm what? surprised I didn't bump into you because I would have said hello, surely. I was, yeah, I was standing up the back. As soon as the show was ended, I left because I had to get home. So uh, yeah, I, didn't, I didn't stick. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, but yeah, I, 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 ended, I, was, I, I remember spending most of the night at the bar. <laughs> you, you were there. You were there. You were just you were just hanging. Yeah. There. <laughs> and, and watching watching how many rounds and Mossy Mossy was buying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was a top night. That it was a really really good great, really good gig. But, and um, yeah, and that that EP she's released. That's that's a cracker, man. Really, is. she's awesome, man. Yeah, yeah, she is. she's so she's so good. She's been she's been um, she's like a a, a very important per- person in the in the sort of fabric of of, of like the scene. She sure uh, is, you know. Because I when I when I first sort of started doing gigs around the scene, I I, I did a couple of sweet as gigs yep. with her back back in the day, and I was like, man, she's like, yeah, just it's, very it's Auntie Neats proper pro vibes. Yeah, yep, it's Auntie Neats, man. She's um. Yeah. Everyone's auntie. She's awesome. Yeah, um, she's yeah, mad. yeah. So, all right. So, you gone to Newtown Arts Unit, that kind of thing. Mm. Now, when did the gig start happening? Were you? Why you? So sorry. How old were you when you're at Newtown? So, were you able to go out and play at that age? Were you playing? Yes. You would have been underage, obviously. So, yeah. I, so the the gig sort of started. 
Yeah, so I did I did the whole arts unit thing and um and it was all like it was and, and then I auditioned for the con after I finished high school. So I went to the con for I ended up getting I, I got it was you know it was pretty cool. I, I got I got an early offer getting into the conservatorium. I was like the only guitarist in the whole in the whole state that mm. got offered a <laughs> first round offer. You know, there was like five or six of us, um, and so I did that thing. But then I kind of burnt out there, you know, because I uh, the whole tertiary, the whole and the, about two years into my con degree, I started getting gigs in in town in the music in just sort of in the music scene. I got I got semi offered to do a musical that I didn't end up doing. Um and I was like, well, I'd actually rather like just work and like be a working muso. Yeah. But I was I wasn't enjoying being at uni and that in doing the jazz course. But I should have finished it, you know. I ended up I ended up dropping out after two years and just and just because I was doing gigs. Um but before oh, sorry, just on, on that then. Yeah. So you, you dropped mm. out. Is there any is there any chance that you can go back? I, I actually deferred. Oh, okay. I deferred, so I could I could go back, but I just got so tied up trying to get you know get my life, life. together <laughs> in that in the last life just happened. So That's I just right. haven't I haven't gone back. Yeah, fair enough. You know, I mean, I I might. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. I don't know. For for the moment, the um the 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 just sort of playing playing music and professionally it's been working you know like I'm, I'm I mean obviously you know we could all be doing more and, and better and stuff but for the moment I'm I'm busy and and I'm happy you know yep so what's that um, what's the that, other thing what's that bit of paper gonna um, do for you hey you know if you it's already yeah, working you know yeah yep unless yeah unless, and, and I, yeah you get to a point where mm. you know you've you've sort of made your money and you're steadily working and you've got time to go and do it, then you go and do it, I suppose. Hey? Otherwise, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of the time it doesn't. Oh, I mean, actually, some, so I feel like they're cracking down on it now with certain teaching things, but I, I don't really like teaching anyway very much. I, I mean, I teach from time to time if I have someone want to come and learn from me specially. I enjoy I enjoy doing that, yep. but just kind of like the meat grinder, I know, uh, yeah. student after student, yep. you know, that I've done. I've, the very small amount of that that I've done, I was like, this is this life's too short. Um, the other thing I want to touch on as well was from high, from high school, I got like this break. There's a guitar player called Tom Ferris that um, it's a really good guitar, yeah, who you'd know about, yep. awesome guitar player around town, awesome composer, like beautiful arranger, composer guy really reads like probably one of the best readers on the guitar in town he's like sort of known for being a good reader which is rare because usually guitar we're pretty bad as a as a general rule um but he was playing a hsc performance on the same day with a with a friend of mine and he heard me play my hsc performance and he was like he was like oh man you know he was because I played a, I played a couple of cool tunes or whatever. So he he was doing this album launch. He'd written this album, and he needed like a an auxiliary sort of guitarist that would maybe because he did did a lot of this acoustic nylon stuff, and and I sort of, you know so he he kind of um gave me this break 
on doing his sort of album launch. So I got to play with like Chad Wackham and I was like 19. I think I was sort of just starting at the con when it all kind of, when that um, all happened and stuff. But that that as well was a, a good little break for me because a lot of guys that know Tom that were working guys around and, and sort of older, uh, you know, uncles of mine, I'd say, a lot of those guys sort of got to hear me play and it was the kind of thing because it was such a big break for me, and I was a young guy. Like I had, I had it all to prove. The amount of obsession and um, preparation that I that I was putting into it, you know. I mean, I still go, I still work on stuff for gigs these days and everything. But the attitude was a little bit different back then. Like yep. I was showing up, to, I was ready to kill, man. You know, like I was, I was, I was. And I had the younger ego as well, you know. I was—I just thought I was the best guitar player in the world, you know. And I needed everyone else to think <laughs> the same thing, you know. I probably—I probably did. I—I sound—I—I I feel like I play quite differently now to how I used to, but um, definitely I probably would prefer to listen to the way I play now. Um, but then I see the uh, the occasional throwback video thing. I'm like, fuck! How did I? You know, there's there's some there's definitely some facility yeah. there that is different. You know, I'm like, oh wow! That's I was like, fuck! That was impressive. You know, because yeah. <laughs> I was a young guy that needed yeah. to impress everyone. I mean, maybe I maybe I'm still that guy. Yeah, maybe yeah, yeah. we all are. But um, that was a that was a big break for me. Like getting to play with Chad Wackerman. He played with Frank Zappa and yeah. stuff. I was like, Whoa. and that that would have been when Chad was was living in Sydney, right? Because him, it and, was, him and Pete Northcote had a, a recording studio. Yeah, yeah. So it was around that time. I yeah, no, him and Pete did it. Uh, that's right. They had, they shared that place in St Peter's, didn't they? Um, I think it was just after Chad had left. So he, I think he had moved away but he came, oh, he came I think he was coming back yeah he came back for something else and he I think he played on that that, that album of Tom's and um yeah but that was yeah that was cool that was I was really that was lucky for me and Tom Tom still you know I don't I don't see a lot of him these days because we're sort of you know obviously both just living our lives and stuff but he he rang me the other day because he wanted to i was doing a single launch of so for my own one of my own singles and um he got in touch he was fully meaning to come down but like like you and i the last two weeks he was like man i was totally gonna come and surprise you tonight but i'm fucking sick as fuck you know (laughs) so i've got to bring you and let you know so maybe jeff beck maybe tom will or be there. Yeah, I love Tom. He's a bloody yeah. That's cool, man. That's yeah. Yep. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So okay. So you've um, yeah. You you've left the con. You're gigging at the sort of height of that. Then how many gigs were you playing mm. a week? And how how many different sort of bands um, and acts were you involved in, or are you just sort of sitting in with one thing? Yeah. So I left the con. Like I started doing. We started doing the Monday Jam about like. Eight, a year or so before I left the con. And to be honest, partly probably the reason I left the con was because I was doing that gig on a Monday night and I had classes on Tuesday that I would just never, I would just miss them every time, you know. <laughs> but, I, but I was like, I was a kid. I was such a young kid. I was like, oh, the gig thing and like, you know, people yeah. and yeah. I was, you know, 
single and, and I was, you know, I was like, it was all new for me, you know. Um, so I was probably burning the candle more than I should. But at that time, yeah, I got, I got, because, because I, I feel like at that time, because I had this sort of versatility as a, as a player, like I had this jazz concept, like I had a really solid, like strap thing. I, 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 I understood how to like learn a song properly or like play the part that is going to like showcase what that song is is you know like from a guitar perspective so i i kind of feel like we're talking sort of 2011 2012 2013 2014 those those years sort of around that those three or four years like i feel like my name really kind of got around you know so i started getting calls for all kinds of different things like corporate work um uh, mu- musicals, which I kind of, and still to this day, I try to, I, I've always just instinctively sort of tried to stay away from, I guess. I don't know. Um, not that it's not a cool, I, I may end up in a, in a pit at some point in the future, yep. you know. It's certainly its own thing, isn't it? It's like, you know, yeah. it's similar to what sort of happens in my, in my work. See, I'm, I'm an electrical, yeah. electrical mechanic, right? And there's, uh, oh, yeah. Yep. So, which means, like I'm in a workshop all day, but there's also an element mm. of of our work that involves people going out on site all over the place, right? Some people mm. are like a pig in mud going out on site, being out all the time, and some people mm. just cannot stand being in a workshop all day, whereas that's that's where I'm at my happiest, you know? So I'm kind of for sure in, yeah. in that sort of sense, I'd, you know, I'd be happy in the pit, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yep. No, I totally, I totally hear you. It's, it, it's, it's, um, it again gets back to people's like personal personality and personal, like your proclivities for what, you, how you, what your lifestyle preferences are, you know, and I'm still figuring that out myself because I, I, I knew I didn't want to just do like one thing for a long stint, but I knew I wanted to make a living playing guitar, but I wanted to be, I wanted the, um, the, the what's the word like um such an easy obvious word the variety of being in a in a scene and and working with different people in that scene so around at that around that same time Daryl Beaton bloody rang me to do Stan Walker's gig and that was that was my first taste of like a big label gig you know big flight you you rehearse you're getting paid to rehearse then you show up and you fly to brisbane or wherever the next day and you do the gig and that and then um so i did that a couple of times and then he was changing he was still MDing for jess mowboy and then he her band changed and all of a sudden now there's an opening for a guitarist and I got that gig. I was with her for the next twelve years, you know, and that was a hu- that was like a huge breadwinner for me at the time. Uh, uh, along that, because obviously, you know, she's an incredible and hugely popular artist, and she's awesome. We love her. Um, so obviously, I had this big. Uh, now I I had this high ticket pop gig that I would obviously prioritize because the money was pretty decent. Um, and then. Um, and then I was doing the Monday Jam, so I was still I was connected into like the the local scene through that gig, which I still do and still am in that way. And so I was able to 
yeah, you know, I mean, it wasn't like I had people asking me to play on their records all the time, but I was doing a lot of band sort of gigs and stuff. And I mean, it's funny, like the where, where I'm at currently, um, yeah, like it's, I mean, Battlesnake is, is, is taking up of quite a bit of my t- when 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 Battlesnake is like on when there's stuff to do or we have shows, yeah, Battlesnake is a priority, you know, and obviously and also Jess is I don't have to worry about the maintaining that that anymore because she's changed her whole band and her whole whole lineup now. So you know, my tenure with her is at at this point is is finished. So I have more time to you know put into. Um, my own stuff and I think as a guitar player as a guitarist there is a certain entrepreneurial thing that you want that you have to develop at some point you know because I think the work eventually in some form or another dries up in some for all of us in some ways you know like you look at Dominic Miller and Sting I mean <laughs> Dom's been with Sting for like 35 years <laughs> you know that's that's a special case I was prepared to be that guy with Jess you know but there are, you know, there is, there were unfortunately circumstances going on that were not in my control that meant she had to change her team, you know. Okay. Um, well, can I, can I ask, but, you, can, mm. you, you don't have to delve too far into this, but I'm just curious as to yeah, how, I mean, how would that make you feel, right? Because, and then, and then how, do, how does something like that come about? Is it just a, a phone call or an email one day saying, you know that that's it. We're we're changing, or was it something you 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 got to sort of prepare for? And um, oh, as in as in me when when you finished um, up with Jess, yeah. Oh, when I finished up, yeah. Well, uh, yeah, it was oh yeah, it was a phone call, yeah. Okay. Um, because but it was just really circumstantial because she had to chat. Daryl's um he he was finishing up with her, okay, because he's. He, his his life is sort of changing around in a few different ways, mm-hmm. um, and so she needed a new MD. And then okay. with the MD was Melbourne based. Okay. And then um and with so you know yeah. okay I understand now yeah. yeah okay yeah so with new MD unfortunately it comes new MDs guys you know which is fine that's that's the way it is you know and and like twelve years is a long time you know it was. Probably nice. It's probably a welcome. In some ways, it was. I, I do miss it. I miss. I miss playing those tunes, and I miss like doing that big rock guitar thing that I did in that band, because um, it was pretty special, and I was able to develop it over such a long time. You know, it was like it was cool. Like it was a really cool sound. You know, in that in in that because because so much of when I would come come and learn that stuff, I was like. The Sony label thing for a guitar for me as a, a guitar, you know, nut. I was like, "There's not. What am I supposed to do? There's nothing here, you know." Like, so I would just, I would just kind of like develop a way that something that you know was unique to me, where I would like come up with these parts that I could really, you know, get my rocks off, you know. And it worked. Like it was, you know, it was it was cool. They 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 all really, you know, it was it was a good vibe. First time, mm. I, first time I saw you play was with Jess, and it was I had. Oh no way! Yeah, it was that no. was at Parramatta Park, and mm. I had just um, I can't remember what the festival was or what the day was for, but anyway, I was playing. Mm. In, I was playing in a band called Fat Rabbit, and we cool. had, yeah, we right. had a little. There was like a little um, 
I don't know, trailer, I suppose. And we we yeah we played a set there, and that was sort of mm. during the daytime. And then you know, sort of over I don't know, hundred meters to the right was the big stage setup. And that's, yeah, and wow. that's where you guys were sitting yeah. up, and and I remember it was a bit of a sound. Yeah, right. And I did, yeah, I, did, I stayed around and, and watched a bit of that show, and it was it was fucking awesome. Oh, thanks, yeah. man. Yeah. yeah, that's it's it is yeah it is. I definitely moped around the house for a little bit when I got the news. Yeah. You know, about yeah. <laughs> yeah. like, Daryl did like the thing he um it was really special what he what he ended up kind of building for her over that time. Yep. You know, and I mean, her new band's awesome as well. Um, but yeah, it was it was cool. It, it, it was great. I miss I miss I, I miss the experience of like just playing that that music. You know, I I just really I would I really enjoyed playing those tunes. You know, um, even though they're not necessarily it's not necessarily music that I would listen to for my own leisure. Yeah. but they're bloody cool tunes. She writes incredible hooks. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and a big main, mainstay in that band too. I guess we need to we need to um, mention him was Kevin Mendoza, and uh, well, yeah, tragic, tragically Kevin passed away not too long ago. So um, I don't know if you want to want to share any share any stories about you know sharing the stage with him. And... Well, yeah, I mean, Kevin was like. I mean, he just, we all loved him. We all, we all loved him, you know, and he, he was like, um, I just, I just remember him, first of all, you know, he was, it was I loved playing with him and I, I, and I remember him like most for just, he had, he just, he was such a positive person. Like he was just so, um, just infectiously like positive over the, over the course of, cause I was, I, I worked with him in that, in, in that, in that band probably for like seven years or so you know and uh, and I, I just always saw him as an extremely well rounded and well put together person you know and he was like uh, yeah we and and he was funny too I mean we would just we we would always have a laugh and also with with, with things that I was going through at the time uh, uh, throughout those years you know like with certain you know relationship things that I was or I was having I was I'd, I'd been you know heartbroken over someone or this you know he I, I he was always a really awesome person to to talk to about that stuff you know because he's he'd he'd been through it all as well back in the day or you know um but yeah we it's crazy and, and like we were we, we all uh you know that hurt that that hurt everyone because because I, I heard that it was a some bacterial thing like he got some cut on his finger so it may it would have sounds like it was completely preventable but he was just away from any way to treat it you mm. know so that's that just made it hurt even more you know yeah yep. same with same with Jeff Beck dying as well that his his was a bacterial infection he's had meningitis mm. a few times throughout his over the course of his life, but that that would have that supposedly is treatable as well. You know, I would have loved to have had another 10, 15 years with Jeff Beck on the planet. You know, and Ke- and Kevin. I mean, that's just ridiculous. The guy wasn't even. I don't. Do you know how old he was? No, I, he, no, I I don't. To be honest, um, he was. No, what, he wasn't even early, close to early, fifty. Early, early to mid forties. I look. 
I'm, I'm guessing. Yeah. yeah I'm, I'm guessing. Which is, yeah, that sucks, man. You know, anyway, that's, let's, uh, that's, that's yeah. let's have a drink for him, man. Cheers. hundred percent, man. To Kev. Yeah, bro. Yeah, man. Okay. So the, um, mm. the just thing, just thing ends. And like you said, it yeah. was a phone call. So, what did you do next? What did you have? You had some other things on the boil at the time, because I mean, yeah, like, you said, you, you, I mean, a gig like that, yeah, you, you're right. You need to prioritize it. Everything has to, mm. you know, take take a take the back step. Um, yeah, I would just plan my professional life around, around it. Like, that. I mean, you know, you just yeah, like, and same with Battlesnake. That it was there was there would be an occasional, you know, un- unfortunate Battlesnake has a gig, and then oh, Jess's. Here's Jess's gig or whatever, and so I would. There would occasionally be a little bit of a. I'd have to uh, negotiate there, but it, it, it always ended up like there was always a way of making it work. Okay. You know? well, just, sorry, just quickly then on the mm. if, yeah man. with the battle snake thing. If you know, if one of you guys can't play, it, it's not a mm. case of swapping someone in and out, or is if one of you can't play, that's it. You don't play. Is that how it works? Uh in a in a perfect world the yeah it's it's all seven or, or nothing. Know, original yep or nothing yep. but unfortunately that was initially the uh you know consensus yep. but yep. unfortunately yeah we, just with the fact that f- there are financial concerns and and the fact that the band has had to make the has had to say yes to certain opportunities we have we've our bass player, our bassist uh, Elliot Hitchcock, he's overseas at the moment just for work. Okay, and he's he's moved over there. So yeah, we're doing gigs without a bass player. Um, but then we have a we have a really cool gig coming up um, where we're actually getting a bass player for that show. Okay, Understood. you know, so so and and the occasional gig, like I had to I had to take one gig off with Battlesnake because of a Jess gig. And they put me on a track for that one. It's it's lame, you know, and the guys don't enjoy it. Mm. But you know, unfortunately, it's was it's these things. It's it's just the reality of the of the situation. Yeah. Sometimes, okay. you know, cool. Right. But perfect, yeah. perfect world. Yep. No no reps, no yep. members down. You know, yep. that's yeah the aim. Yep, that's cool. So before I, before I rudely interrupted, <laughs> you were just talking, no, right. talking about. How are you going to navigate things when the Jess thing ended? So what did you start yeah. doing there? Did you have to hustle a little bit? I feel like I, I, I was still busy because I always have a steady kind of trickling in of round town work. Yeah. And I and with the jam, I have two residencies at the moment, one of which I'm going to go and play later tonight. And it's just like this blues sort of gig residency thing at a bar in town called the Baxter Inn. And it's awesome. I get, I just, I get my, um, which I need to see if Gilda, where's Gilda, if he can do the gig tonight. Anyway, I'll get Yeah, yeah sorry. So people, we, just before we hit record, um, yeah, Paul's drummer dropped out. So he's, <laughs> he's hustling for a drummer as we're doing this. So yeah, exactly. Because Warren Trout, who's normally does it, is, um, he's doing he's, the minute. He's got to have some. Is he doing the Oh, not Warren. Oh, I, no, no. Warren's got to have some uh, minor sort of sort of hospital type operation thing, so he's he's going to be out of action for a little while. Okay. Um. So, 
He normally does it. He normally does the gig, but it's all a bit topsy turvy at the moment. Okay. Um, but yeah, so I've I've I've, I've been lucky because I've I've feel like I always have a sem- somewhat steady amount of different work coming in, and obviously you know I have quiet weeks like we all do, sure. but I'm able to sort of yeah keep it keep keep relatively busy, and when we're in um, lockdown, I. I because I, I, everyone's always associated me with Jeff Beck anyway because I did that kind of like pseudo whammy bar thing. Um, but during lockdown, I just I just kind of thought, you know what, like stuff it, like stuff my, you know, original artist, artistic integrity. I mean, I can still do that if I, if I, if I, I, st- I still can go down that path. Uh, but I just thought, fuck it, I'm going to do a Jeff Beck a whole show of Jeff Beck stuff, you know. Might as well just lean into it if people are sort of associating me with, with that anyway. Yep. He's Gildo. Come on, can you? Okay, cool. He's going to read me. But anyway, so I just thought, so I'm going to do an evening of, of all Jeff Beck stuff. And so I did that like three or four years ago. I started doing that. And then um, then all of a sudden the dude dies, you know. Mm. And so I'm thinking like, I saw it, I sort of already had the show kind of in place and established. Like I had the band and I'd done a few shows and things like that. I'd, I'd advertised a little bit, and so I thought, okay, well, I'll make it. I'll make it like not rather than Paul Mason plays the music of Jeff Beck. It'll be Paul Mason's evening in honor of the great yeah. Jeff Beck. You know, gotcha. Who the the late great Jeff Beck. Um, and then um, yeah, so that that. It was just a super stroke of luck. I was just running on instinct. The day he died, Peter was the first person I rang, you know, because I knew that he had met Jeff and stuff. And yep. and 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 at that time, I, I, you know, Peter can fill a four hundred seat room on his own. You know, at that time, I couldn't co- hope to sell anywhere that kind of, near near that kind of those kind of numbers. And I wanted it to be big. I wanted it to just be a big show. You know. Yep. Um, so then I rang Jeremy Sorkins like after that and again on instinct because I'd just seen Jeremy posting photos of Jeff Beck and Jan Hammer at the Horton Pavilion in the 70s that he was at. So I rang Sorko and then I got a, a really good friend of mine, uh, Trent Carroll, to come and play as well because he and I had, you know, I feel like our whole friendship was based on how much we both love Jeff Beck, you know. So anyway, it was all. It was all. That was sort of the team, and then Jeremy is just good mates with Dom Miller, you know, and so it just was a super stroke of luck that that we were able to have Dom and Sting come and and be involved. It was it was lucky in the sense that um, Jeremy. I'm not even sure how Jeremy knows Dominic, but I think Jeremy spent some time in London and and must have become his friend at some point, yep. you know, in because Dom, Jeremy, Dom's come out and done workshops here that Jeremy has helped him organize, that has Jeremy's teed all that stuff up before and like clinics at AIM and all that kind of thing as well. Yep. Um, but, yeah, so it was, yeah, it was a super stroke of luck. And Sting, man, like you can tell, like he's a, he's like, like myself, like he's a 
band guy, you know, like you can tell that he's just a, he's a muso. Like that was, that was the feeling that I got from him. Cause I like, I, I was in a bloody green room with him, you know, mm. I'm like, oh, it's fucking sting, mm. you know? And it was just like the way he, I'd watch the way him and Dom would interact. I'm like, man, it's just like, this is so familiar to me. Like this, what the 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 dynamic of the relationship and the interaction that's that I'm seeing mm. so familiar, you know. It's just like he's a muso. I'm sure he's probably bloody. But he butted heads with Stuart Copeland for years. You know, he's dealt with all that. And then, and well, but Dom, it's a different. I, I don't think you know? anyone. I don't think anyone wouldn't butt heads with Stuart Copeland. He's a he's a pretty full on personality. Eh? He's got an ego you could sure complain over. Yeah, 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 absolutely. So, and you know, and I, I think um, mm. you know, Sting is a. From what you're saying here, like I, I it, 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 you know, I, I get it, but I think for some people, mm. they think Sting is a is a bit of a as a human is, I don't know, a little bit sort of, oh, what's the word, a little bit coarse, you know? Yeah, yeah, like he he definitely has very. I mean, any any person of that is of that kind of at that level, um, a person that has that kind of status, you know, the guy lives in a castle and he's worth $300 million, (laughs) you know, and he's world famous. Of course someone, and and I've like been privy over my, over the course of my, you know, life up to this point, like I've, you know, like I I was, I I was backstage with, I saw Gene Simmons, you know, backstage, like, you know, he didn't speak to me personally, but he went and had a quick chat to to Elliot, our base our base player, when we were mm. backstage opening for you know okay. with Battlesnake. But I've I've been really lucky to like kind of be be, be literally brushing shoulders with these He's like close. yep old, yeah you know and like you know this is such a cliche, but they're just you know they're just like they're just people. They respond to you know like the same things any of us do that, which is just kindness and. And uh, but but then again that you know there's a lot of there's egos involved as well you know and and in the music game there's it has to be doesn't it yeah um, yeah we have to sort of negotiate with each other and make sure that everyone's everyone's getting out of it what what they want to be getting out of it and that could be you know say I'm hired to 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 like I did a gig the other night with Phil Burton from Human Nature yep. you know. Hire sends me the charts. I learn them. Rock up, great, great gig. Cool, pays me. You know, send send in my invoice. Awesome, great. I'm being paid to be there. Completely different dynamic to you know me rocking up and doing a gig in Battlesnake. That you know that that I'm not making money to be to be, to at the, at this point because the band costs so much money to run. But there are certain there are certain expectations that not only I have that other the rest of the band has as well and i need to adhere to that and to a certain extent my expectations need to be adhered to as well because then otherwise we have people getting grumpy and feeling like they're not uh you know the the band isn't fulfilling their you know creative dietary requirements you know yeah. <laughs> to, put it, gotcha. to put it bluntly yeah gotcha. yeah so there's need to navigate and and i'm sure sting and sting has is it has like dealt with every you know one, every possibility of anything that could happen in in making m- making his career what it what it has become you know 
but it was you know it was it was awesome i mean that gig the thing that i want people to know about that what happened that night was that and and this is like part of my my shtick where anytime i do any any kind of interviewee type anything yep. is that yeah the australian music scene and the 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 australian musician particularly in sydney i mean you know obviously there's outliers in every state there's there's great musicians across the whole country but yeah like we we like i feel like we are valid you know in a, on a global level but we're so isolated out here we kind of it seems like you know we're all we're all just fighting amongst ourselves you know yep. in some ways but when sting saw, saw that gig that i put on he was blown away. First of all, he was blown away by Noel, my brother, you know, because Noel is incredible, you know, and Sting's a bass player. Yeah. So he was actually most impressed with Noel. That's cool. Um, you know, and he was super impressed with Warren Trout. He loved the rhythm section, you know, because and that's, you know, and there's something that's 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 why I, I, lo- I love playing with – that's why, I, you know, obviously Noel – is my identical bloody twin brother, you know, and he's he's an animal. He spent four years in living in Harlem doing a doing a master's degree in upright bass. Oh, you know? really? Wow. So the dude's yeah, his his ears are so huge, you know. Mm. And then Warren, Warren's just like yeah. Warren Trout. His reputation completely precedes him. And there's just something like he he just like knows how to play in a in a way that makes everyone fucking kill around him, you know, and. And Noel's just got this sweet thing. I mean, Victor has it too, and that's what I was always because Noel, Noel's sort of like I kind of like had my thing together. By the time I was leaving high school, Noel kind of started playing bass at the, at the age of seventeen. I already had it all together. I already gotten into the con, blah blah blah. In one year, Noel gets like good enough to get into the con, you know, because he it was it's crazy. Like Noel's Noel's incredible. But I, I had always hammered into him, like, man, like, try and go, like, he was doing the upright thing, but I was like, try and, like, get that sweet thing that Victor Rounds has when he plays the lecky bass, the electric bass. There's this thing that that Vic does that, like, see if, make, make sure you see if you can handle that because if you can do if you can get that together you'll be like so bulletproof you know <laughs> no one can touch Noel on the upright bass yeah. he's an absolute animal wow. you know and and because he spent all that time in New York he's completely you know surpassed me in terms of like the jazz stakes of things I'm I'm sort of like taking more of this pseudo sort of rock route you know even though I still have that that jazz vocabulary to sort of inform all of that, but I think you know, as a guitar player, there's the the, the you know the personality in it, in it. I mean, I don't know. I just want to play. I want to play like I love jazz and I love all those guys I mentioned. But yeah, I still want to like play big shows. You know, yeah. <laughs> I want to do like big. I want to do. I want to continue to do like big iconic shit. And and uh, and I also uh, and I just think like rock guitar is a little more conducive to that rock right. you know or rock pop or pop session guitar you know yeah um but yeah so to circle back to that point um um 
Sting, yeah, Sting and Dom were they were like love the gig, you know, because Sting sent this message to Dominic. Oh, he didn't send a message. He Dominic relayed Sting's feedback in a text message to Jeremy, and I have it. I could read it to you. Yep. You know, I, he loved the the kid that played the weird Indiany shit on the Strat. That was me playing Nadia. You know, <laughs> the tune that Jeff yeah, yeah. covered, which is an Indian lullaby. You know. By, originally by Nitin Sawney. Um, but he was so impressed. They both were. They were, they were like super, super impressed with the level of musicianship that they, that they saw because Sting saw the whole first set, you know. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, that's, that's the thing. We, we're so isolated here, but we have our own, we have our own community and our own thing. Yep. But it, 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 is, it really is special, you know. It, 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 and I think... Um, yeah, like I'd love I'd love for us to be a bit more part of the global yep. music zeitgeist, and the, especially with the guitars in the guitar stakes globally, I definitely want myself and Dan and Ben and the whole Battlesnake thing to be, you know, like I, I that's that's my kind of vision for that is to is for that to kind of put us on a on a world stage, and then once that happens. Then oh, I've got this whole concept and unique thing that I've done, you know, which is sort of like Jackson Brown meets Jeff Beck, yep. you know. Yep. I'm like, um, oh, cool. Can I, you know, maybe I can make a really good go of that. But for the moment, it's just hustle, hustle, hustle. I'm booking. Um, I did a Voca Beach Theatre. Yep. Uh, the other night uh, was was my evening in honor of Jeff Beck with a few of my originals peppered in, you know. And it was it was awesome, and I, I get so much like zest and life out of putting those those gigs on, you know, because I get to it's you know, I'm I, a lot of the time I'm like a, either a side man or a band member in the case of Battlesnake, but like I need to put a, a thing on where I'm where I'm like it's it's like my creative I understand yeah thing yeah, and I'm always I'm so great I'm always super humbled and grateful to the guys that are that. Are, that I'm able to to get to get to get to come and do that, you know. Obviously, you know, it's it's always a paid gig, but they're still giving me their time and their attention, you know. Mm. These like Shannon Stitt played keyboards for me the other night. Justin Duggan, he's just had twins, you know, but he's coming and doing a gig. So I'm like, I'm like, you know, I worship the ground these guys stand on because they're coming and being part of my little vision, you know. That's cool. But like, they're both. Yeah, and Noel as well. Noel plays, comes and plays. But Shannon and Justin, like, they're both, like, dads, you know. Yeah, I'm, like, yeah. coming and driving to the Central Coast to, like, do a gig with me. I'm, like, fuck, so grateful. It's, it's, to, get a, it's like, to get away from the kids. And Warren as well. It's to get away from the kids, man. <laughs> well, I mean, we had a, we had a bloody great time, I've got to say. It was, it was really, it was, a, it was cool. It was, yeah. it was really fun. Yeah, because I, you know? I spoke to you. The day after, didn't I? Because you you sent me yeah, the, you sent me the message in the morning. I was like, I can't talk. I'm lost my throat's stuck. And yeah, I asked you about that gig because um my in laws my in laws lived up there for geez fifteen years I think. It's beautiful up, 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 out there. Yeah. So my and both my yeah. kids, you know, both my daughters grew up on that beach. So I know it mm. really well. I know that theatre well and and that whole area. So um and I was yeah it was it was it. it it was a shame that they weren't still living up there because, yeah, I would have, I would have been there <laughs> for sure. Oh man, yeah. Are you are you able to come um, on January ten? Yes, man, absolutely. Yeah. Yep. 
I'll 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 put I'll make sure you I'll make sure you're on the guest list and that there's no no a beer no no no, I, no no I I I pay my way man I, I'm gonna buy a ticket like everybody else don't yeah no need uh, to do that well that's that well we'll be having we'll be absolutely having that beer though that's oh, for damn sure hundred <laughs> percent just um, <laughs> yeah man I'm I'm going back to the sting thing now what I what I find yeah, fascinating and and I'm curious and you you might may have noted this I'm not quite sure but. You know, someone yeah. of that sort of stature, not not you know, it's just, he's a celebrity, right? All over the world, everyone For knows sure, his yeah. fingers, right? So he's at yeah. he, he's at your your little gig at the factory theater. It was at factory theater, wasn't it? Is that mm. yeah? yeah. Mm. So so he's he's there, right? And you said mm. you said that he sat and he saw the first set. So did people know he was there? Mm. Yeah, people because he had a. I mean, I don't know. I wasn't privy to like where he was sitting, but my parents were at that show, and yeah, there was the, the word was getting around, and yeah, you know, they were like, "Fuck you!" They're like sitting there, you know. Yeah. So what I um, what I find interesting is, were the crowd then all of a sudden focused on the fact that Sting was sitting over there? Because something like that can kind of take away from your show. If you know what I mean, you know what I'm saying, eh? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. You've got someone of that. Yeah. It, it, it becomes not, not everybody's 100% focused. I'm sure there were people 100% on their show, mm. but then it be- all becomes about the celebrity in the room, you know. you feel that? Um, I Personally, I didn't. I, I actually felt that the, we had the audience's undivided attention because, oh, okay. again, it was, you know, because it was it was a it was it was um it was all about Jeff you know that's good the reason Sting was was the reason that Sting and Dom was were happy and enthusiastically yeah because uh, Sting like Dom because that was how Jeremy set it up like Jeremy was like hey I'm doing the, I'm doing this thing for Jeff and then you know um, Dom came and listened to us rehearse yep. and heard that we're all fucking legit. Yeah, and then just like told Sting about it, and Sting was like, "Oh, uh, what song should I sing?" You yeah. know, like just like it, was, it wasn't yeah. even like awesome. you know, because those guys, you know, Sting, they all like we all loved Jeff so yeah, yeah. much. Yeah. Like, you know, like Sting, Sting and Jeff were sharing musicians, but to the point of like people swarming Sting and not paying attention to this the gig yep. i totally get it but it definitely i definitely didn't feel feel that that oh, that, that happened at, at my show i think he would have just been there and people would be like like whispering you know because they're all like you know people they, they weren't like youngs it wasn't a, an audience of young it wasn't like a beatles concert in the 60s <laughs> yeah, uh, with an audience of young girls you know where they're all like sort of you know and a lot of them were were um you know were uh, yeah, like sort of an older, you yeah. know. Jeff, I mean, Jeff's fan base, unfortunately, is like a, a little bit up. Yeah, I, a little I bit on the, yeah. way up there in age group, which is yeah. not good for me. But yeah. <laughs> can I even <laughs> cool. say that? It's no, terrible. I just had to ask that because, like, I, I'm, you know, I, I get curious about that mm. kind of stuff. Um, yeah, and they're, sometimes they're the silly questions I ask on this podcast. You know, no, it's where my, no, no, totally, kind of where my mind I get went. it. I, yeah. The other interesting thing too is like, yeah, you were doing you were doing the show before Jeff died, right? Um, yeah, and it's you know it's sort of a like you said playing the music of of Jeff, but then it beca- then he dies and then it becomes a tribute. Well, in in a sense, yeah, like it was, uh, you know, it, 
yeah, it's a, it's a tribute. It is a tribute. I mean, even in my in aside from the fact that in my marketing, I didn't want the word tribute anywhere near it yeah, okay. um, because it has it has you know RSL and cruise ship connotations, <laughs> you know, in a sense. But it is it is a tribute. It's it's me tributing to to Jeff. But I, um, yeah, but but I think. Um, I just yeah, like I just started doing doing concerts of of his music, and uh, and and because the other thing is he's not like he's not like David Bowie or or Sting or someone. I mean, like he's famous, like yeah, he yeah. is definitely famous, yeah. but he's kind of like that's why I find him so fascinating as well, you know, because I because I had that that like I did my sort of jazz diet through high school. And into my sort of professional career, like I had, I had a real fluid thing together. But it wasn't till like I was already like a working dude. I was probably 21, 22, 23 when, and I'd always, I'd always known about Jeff, but I never really got it until much later. Gotcha. You know, like I'd start listening to him, and I was like, man, there is something like so raw and raucous, and obviously unique about um you know he, he just has that and I, and I feel like as I've come up like a lot of people have have even as I was a young kid when I first sort of got my you know um soloing improvise my voice together on the guitar a lot of a lot of people said that I had my own sort of a voice you know but I really hear that with Jeff it's so it's like you, he plays like one note or two notes, you know, then it's like so unmistakably him, you know, just having that, like that voice and it's like potent, like it's, it's like sizzlingly him, you know, and and I, I was really drawn to that, you know, and I was also drawn to like how playful he was in in the way that he approaches certain music, you know, and certain things. And I was also drawn to the amount, the sensitivity that he is able to to generate. Oh, not that generates the best word in that context, but just, yeah, just like the the, the way that he plays a melody or like plays a, a phrase, you know. And I, and I think that's quite, that is quite suited to my approach okay. to the instrument as well. But yeah, but it was, it was, I was, re- I was lucky. Like just after, just after that whole thing happened in, in um, February, Slava Gregorian rang me because uh, Benny Houtman had tipped him off that um, I'd just done this Jeff thing and they were, they were going to do a big tribute to, to okay. Jeff as well. So they they got me to MD and and star in the Adelaide Guitar Festival presents. Oh, that's what that was. Okay, Jeff right. Beck. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, right. And we and I we invited Muller to come and do it. Yep. You know. Yep. So I got to play music with Muller. Yep. I was just like, Jesus, this yep. is amazing. You know, it was, it was so cool. So Tim can't play tonight, so I need to look for another drummer. <laughs> there we go. There you go. That's fun. That's fun. Uh, what are we? We're two and a half hours before the gig. Yep, I, I haven't played. You, you can You could ask me, but I haven't played in a little while, so it's probably not a good idea. Oh, next <laughs> mate, next one, next one. Next one. Yeah, no. <laughs> hey, um, so going back to Jeff Beck mm. thing, um, mm. on on this podcast, we've done a few episodes which we call like the spotlight 
episodes and yeah, you know, it start the first one we did was a Jeff Beccaro spotlight. Then we did a we did a um, Jacko Pistorius um, spotlight, mm. which was all bass players. And the last one that we did was a Simon Phillips spotlight. So it was myself. Oh, yeah. yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah, myself, Glenn Wilson, Gordon Ripmeister, and my old drum teacher, Lance Phillips. So what we have to do there is we all choose two songs that Simon, Simon Phillips has played on. And then we okay. play the song to the group, and then we all sit and we all talk about it. Well, two of the songs. Oh man! Yeah, two of the songs. Like the first time Gordon Rittmeister was, in, you know, knew about Simon Phillips was at this um, concert, and mm. um, Jeff Beck came on. Simon Phillips was playing drums, and they played the pump. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so the pump was one of the songs. Uh, that that we sort of studied in this podcast as well, and then um, cool. And then the second one, Glenn chose the oh, I can't remember the name of the song now. Um, with the double bass drum, oh fuck, what's it called? Oh uh, yeah, it's, called? Um, um, it's off there and back. Um, yeah. Oh, Google, hang on, Google. Da, ba, 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 ba. Bah, bah, bah. Yeah, yep, yep. It's, um, it's one of the Jeff Beck. Uh, oh my god, um, that's annoying. That's bugging there's, there's, me now there's too. People listening to this now, yelling, yelling what this yeah, is. Exactly. Um, oh, hang on, I'm looking. Hold on, it's it's one of those ones with Terry Bozio. No, it's Simon Phillips. That he played. Simon Phillips. Oh, okay. Um, but I think he played that song on that Terry Bozio tour after he oh, did right, the, okay. the the guitar shop record because I, I I I know that song because I watched those live clips. Okay, I can't think what the song is though. Hang on. Is that the song? Space Boogie. <laughs> oh, Space Boogie. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh man, yeah. I don't know why I lost that. Anyway, so there's going to be yeah. like. No, a couple of minutes I cut out of this podcast there of us waffling around trying to no, that's find right. the fucking song. Oh, mate, I've, I've, I've been waffling up a storm, mate. Yeah, no, no, Don't it's all good. It. No, no, it's all good. It's all good for <laughs> I talk, man. <laughs> yeah, so, um, uh, yeah, because yeah, I, you know, I, I always knew who Jeff Beck was, wasn't yeah. really sort of, didn't get into it until, yeah, I started sort of studying for that particular podcast and then, mm. you know, Listen to the live version and the original version of the pump, and then you know, nice, listen yeah. there and back a few times, and then and then I started seeing some videos of you doing your show, and then mm. understanding not understanding how to do it, but seeing that unique technique that he had because mm. the guys on the podcast mm. would talk about how he did the whammy bath, how he did the, that, and the volume thing, and and then once I saw that, yeah. it was un- completely unique, which you know everybody, yeah. That that was his thing. Um, I don't know if you. Yeah. I don't know if you checked your Facebook today, but I tagged you in something that popped. I up. saw that. Did yeah. You? Where were you? Where were you? Wow. Where were you? On um. He's just and, and he's I watched just standing that there, emo- like motionless, like emotionless in his face, and he's just standing yeah. there, and the crowd were just like blowing away. Yeah. Right. You know. Yeah. So he would. So he that, would. He would yeah. like. You know, correct me if I'm wrong here, but he would like. Say if he was given his, his guitar and it was out of tune, he wouldn't tune. Yeah. He would just – he would 
bend bend and play the certain way if that guitar went out of tune. Is that right? Well, I've yeah, that, that, it's funny because I spoke to, I've spoke to this with with Les Rankin who, who helps me keep my guitars maintained yeah, sometimes. Know, yeah. Um, yeah, Les, bloody legend, love yeah. him. He um, he like I've seen him on concerts. He'll t- he'll tune. He'll touch the if he's if he's out of tune, he'll tune it. But then there's concerts that one Les saw a concert of his in Sydney. He didn't touch them all night. You know, but funnily enough, on the video that you sent me, his guitar is actually out of it's tune. Out of tune, yeah, you can hear it, eh? Yeah, yep. the G string is uh, either the G string, uh, probably a combination of the G string is flat and the B string is slightly sharp. But he just like, and that that, well, he's kind of he's just I kind of think, and also the whammy that he had, like the whammy was loose as well. Right. Like that perform that particular performance for him was like him just wrestling. I, I can see, see it still sounds amazing, yeah. you know, but I can tell that like in his mind, he would have just been wrestling to get to the end of that, you know, ah, which right. is crazy, which That's is like, I, I feel like because he's, it's like, you could tell it's like out of tune, but also as fu- it's funny that you mentioned that, that you tagged me in that particular song, right? Because, that song is, in my mind, it is almost an amalgamation of why, of every, it's hard for me to even put into words, but that piece of music kind of encapsulates how innovative yeah. and yep. and unique and special he was. It's kind of, in a way, is all encapsulated in that one piece of music. Because yep. And and that, funnily enough, like you know, um, when you know we're not. We're, I mean, once we get off the the phone, I'll pick the guitar up and show you how I play that piece. But yeah, cool. That piece is an it's a nem it's kind of like my arch nemesis in okay. a way. Like I okay. sort of I almost practice that more than anything else on the guitar. Gotcha. That that piece because he he plays the whole melody with the. It's all done with the whammy bar, whammy, yeah. you know. It's and, like, <laughs> and it's a feel thing. It's a feel thing. If you think about it, you know, it's like you're never gonna you're never gonna get it in tune if you actually think about it. Like it's 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 a real it's a real mental thing. And I've I've been you know in, I've been attempting to play that piece of music for the better part of like ten years now. You know. And I get pretty close, yeah. You know, some of the time, <laughs> you know. But um, but yeah, that it's funny that 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 song that in particular that song where were you? None. And there's a few songs. I mean, there's there's so, so many Jeff Beck classic songs that when he put when he you know like he's just he just was breaking new. He broke new ground as a guitarist in the Yardbirds, right? You know, no, you know, Jeff's Boogie or um, Heartful of Soul, you know, the the that sitari lick. This it, it's like not, there are so many examples of of his playing that had just never been done. We've never heard anything like it. First time I heard Nadia, or when, first time I saw him do Where Were You, we'd never heard anything like it. You know, we'd never heard the guitar make that sound you know, in that way. And that's, and that's why, you know, out of, out of 
all of my influences, which are vast, you know, and the jazz thing is a huge thing for me, you know, like your Matheny, uh, Matheny Muller, Schofield. I love Wayne Krantz as well, Benson, you know, Wes Montgomery. Mm. You know, it's uh, and obviously like Clapton, Knopfler. And, but out of all of those people, for me, and I've, you know, obviously why I've like, you know, why I tribute to, you know, doing, do, why I'm doing a show of mostly his music, you know, it's like out of all of them, Jeff for me is just something, you know, else. You know, there's something not to not not to take anything away from any of the know, people that I, I mentioned. What, I understand what you're yeah. saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like even Hendrix. I mean, I I haven't really, I never really got super into the Hendrix thing. You know, it was just, and, and I mean, I hear, I, I've heard things. I'm like, wow, you know, that's there's no one else that'd make that sound before or since or ever again. Right. You know, Jeff's like that too. But I don't know. For me, I feel, I, and I feel like Jeff's the thing that Jeff does uh, is probably more achievable for me in some ways. Okay, you know, with what in you know, not not to say that I that I am able to get anywhere near what he did. Like, I'm not, but I've, but definitely, you know, I I I get in the ballpark in my own way, like with you know, with his stuff, you know. Yeah, mm. I mean, you know, and and through all that, you're gonna you you've, you'll end up with the Paul Mason sound, right? <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, like I, yeah, I definitely, yeah, exactly. Well, we do, I mean, man. Yeah. We 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 yeah. We try and imitate, we're condemned we try and, to it. We try and imitate until we find our thing, and yeah, I yeah. don't think anyone's sitting back and going, "Oh, you bloody Jeff Peck, Jeff Beck, try hard." No, no, man. They're going, yeah, because you've got. I hope not. You've got your yeah. like I like I can I can see the way you're playing that stuff. And I've also seen mm. videos um, in the last few weeks, you know, of you playing mm. and also that time I saw you play live, you've, you had your thing there oh, anyway. Cool. So now you, you know, you bring yeah. your thing to the, to the back thing, but it's still you, you know? Oh man, I appreciate yeah. that. Thank oh, no, you. No, all good. Um, I had some mm. friends of mine. Um, I got this message. This is a while back when you, you played a, you played that the Jeff Beck show down at the birds basement in Melbourne. I had a couple. Yeah, of, that couple of it was friends, awesome. A couple of Sydney friends of mine yeah. were here, and my mate sent me a message going, "Oh, he took mm. a photo of the bird's basement. We're in bird's basement." And then he goes, "Oh, I'm just um, we just watched this amazing Jeff Beck show," and I went, "Oh Mad. yeah, yeah, I know a couple of those guys." <laughs> yeah, I was just <laughs> yeah. Away to him. Yeah, so after after this, I'm gonna I'm gonna send him a message. Go, I just I just interviewed Paul. The guitar player. Oh man, that's yeah, so, so cool, man. Yeah, he loved so it. So they were there. They, they were there. Like yeah, they were there. They were down in Melbourne. That was, that. Man, oh, that is awesome. Because that, that gig was really special. Yeah, cool. That was so fun. Like we had we had Brett, we, we got Brett Garsed yep. to come and to come and join us for that one. And he's gonna he's coming up to Sydney as well. And so is James Muller as well, by the way. See, I'm pulling out all the stops all the for stops. Sydney. I was yep. Bloody awesome, Jeremy, Jeremy, James, and Brett. Um, and Noel playing bass. Was, was the playing drums? Uh, so unfortunately, Warren is not able to do it. But okay. Gordo. Oh wow, Rick, that's so good. It's Gordo, yeah. Because oh, um, I, I had a, I, I did this Australia Day gig, um, 
last Australia Day, yeah. right before I, I'd put that, uh, before it's shortly before or after I'd put that gig on. I can't remember. But I'd been doing this stuff, and he'd seen that me and Gordo had like a fucking hour and a half, two hour long chat, yep. you know, over some catering about Jeff Beck. Because, like you mentioned, like Gordo is a Simon Phillips nut, man, you know. And he was telling me about all these recordings, probably one of which you just mentioned that I wasn't hip, that I wasn't hip to, you know. So we had a mad fucking yarn about that. And Gordo and Warren are like super bros and they, they, you know, like they flick each other work all the time and all this sort of shit. But, yeah, unfortunately, Waza is, yeah, he's got, he's got to have a hernia operation. So I spoke to him today. Okay. Um, but he's, he'll be cool. You know, it's just, it was just really bad timing in terms of, you know, he's like he has to have, he has to have it all handled at this certain, I understand. at that point. Yep, gotcha. Um but yeah, so but you know, look, Gordo, I, I, I'm keen. I'm, it's it's interesting playing the that music with a couple of diff, a few different guys, you know. But obviously, yeah, Warren. It's kind of Warren's. Once I had, I mean, Warren is it's it's sort of Warren's gig, yeah, and, you know, because Warren's like my 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 bro. But, but you know, yeah, yeah, that's. Cool. But it's going to be fun. That's it's going to be cool. Fantastic. Yeah, good mm. stuff. Um, let's yeah, talk a little bit about your, uh, your solo music. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, so one thing that I saw today, um, which mm. I hadn't noticed on your Instagram before, is that you've got a few pinned posts there. I saw, obviously, I saw the Sting one and the Jess Melboy one. And then mm. the other picture is just like you can – the pinned post itself, you can just see a little bit of your guitar. and Yeah, it looks crap, it looks doesn't crap. it? It's yeah, like crap. Bit, so I'd, yeah. never, I'd never touched it before, but I – I um yeah. I clicked on it today. Actually, I wonder what happens when I do it now. We might actually it might actually start playing the. I tried to fix that because it's such like a nondescript like thumbnail. The <laughs> thumbnail is just like it's like this much of me. Like it's like yeah. my chin, and then <laughs> and then some like god awful shirt I for some reason decided to wear on the day. Yeah, some terrible shirt. I'd so regret that. Anyway, but, um, whatever. <laughs> yes, yeah, so I, I clicked on it and I started watching it. And man, that's fucking amazing! I got goosebumps. Oh, thank you, just man. listening to it, and, oh, thank and your you, voice. So, like, I didn't realize you you sang mm. as well. I mean, fuck no, just it, yeah, oh, it's thanks, unreal. Man. I got goosebumps again. So, um, oh, thank you, man. Too easy. Thank you so, so much. Yeah. So, people that are listening to this, when you check out Paul's um Instagram, and you now you know what that it's thumbnail, the third post third post the thumbnail of yeah the third pinned post leopard, yeah, so, leopard, well, leopard skin I mean, shirt or something <laughs> the shirt's awful so please on, sorry about that. the shirt yeah click, disregard that click yeah. on that watch that video <laughs> listen to that song it's is absolutely beautiful i think bloody northcote gave me i think i inherited that shirt from 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 northcote like <laughs> but but like once removed cuz he he my other mate benny Isaacson gets a whole bunch of Pete's clothes Oh, and 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 he's like, Paul, I got I got a whole bunch of shirts for you. They're cool, like showy shirts, you know. But I look at it now, and I'm like, oh, it's a bit too, it's a bit too showy, you know. It's a bit too like, <laughs> anyway. Um, but yeah, it's a song of mine called I, I Won't Go to Waste. And like, I've got I've I've got a handful of original tunes that I write, and that, and that's what I that gets to that point of what I touched on before of like my original. It's it is like a a cross between like Jackson Brown and Jeff Beck, you know. Like the songwriting is in the style of someone like Jackson Brown. It's like folky, 
uh, harmonically dense, you know, but then, but then as soon as I get a chance, I'm like into the, you know, fisticuffs guitar vocal, you know, yep. thing, yep. Jeff, uh, you know, in the style of, of in, the, in the, in somewhat of a way that maybe Jeff may have done, maybe, okay. you know, but I, I appreciate that. And I've, I've had a lot of um, super positive feedback on that particular clip, which I did. I, it was a long time ago that I. 2019, I think did I read today. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, it was a long, long time ago, and I still play that song. I mean, the thing is, the, the, those original pieces of music, like they take me so long to to figure out to write. You know that song, and also, I've got. I mean, I've got some other. I've got a couple of others. I have a small handful of um of 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 tunes that are of that caliber. Yeah, you know. Um. And um, yeah, I'll I'll send you through a couple of things. Yeah, but yeah, I'm I'm really like, yeah, I'm I'm biding my time in terms of, um, like I and I basically want to approach things in a way that's going to be simple for me, in the sense of like, um, like I just want to have a few things in place. Like I don't know if I want to like go. I don't want to, you know. I've been to America four or five times, like trying to, you know, for lack of a better way to put it, like make it. But okay. in my mind, I was trying to make anything happen. You know, it's yeah. like I was. You got. I've got to. You know, there's the whole. I mean, I could. I could still go and do that, I guess. But I would much rather get it all happening from here. You know, like I said, the scene here—it's incredible. Yep. You know, the, the the level the level is so high, but um, but yeah, like I'm I'm biding my time in terms of like how I want to, um, yeah, like put put. I mean, yeah, I'm I, I'm definitely going to be putting another single out next year. Put it that way, yep. you know. Um, and but I want to keep building on that stuff. And yeah, any I mean, yeah, any kind of organic um. Yeah, I just—I mean, that's the thing. I just tried, you know, I just tried to write something that that was that that was meaningful and potent to me, and that and it, yeah, and and you're right, and I'm super, you know, it's I I know because I've had a lot of people tell me that when they hear that song, they're like, "Fuck it," just hits me fucking so oh, hard, and I get goosebumps in so many ways, though, because it's so, so dynamic. Yeah, and, you know, and you're Thank you, like, man. Yeah. And you're, you know, your guitar playing mm. hypnotic as it is, but then when you start mm. singing, mm-hmm. you know. And um, I I wasn't privy to Miles Thomas until oh yeah, really man, Miles, yeah, and it was actually Les Les Rankin that yeah that mentioned him because during COVID I brought a yeah because we all brought something oh cool we all brought something during yeah. COVID right <laughs> so I we, all, out we all went absolutely crazy <laughs> as well we all yeah yeah we all went completely spastic there you go so I took it out to him now I'm cancelled yeah yeah now I'm, I'm cancelled <laughs> that word. <laughs> I uh, I took took the bass out to him to to set it up, and he'd just been to a gig, and I think Ollie Thorpe, it was Ollie Thorpe gig, I think, the night before, and Miles Miles was playing drums. So he sort of of, um, introduced me to this this player called, you know, Miles Thomas. So, um, yeah, I've been sort of tracking him a little bit. And, uh, yeah, and then seeing him him playing on your songs – yeah, pretty awesome. Yeah. So that song, have you he's, have, have you recorded? Have you recorded that? I have that. This oh, the song I won't go to waste. I have yep. a so that that light that YouTube ver, that um 
the version that you saw, it, it is on you. It's on YouTube. Yeah. And I would actually suggest that um, people listen to it on YouTube because okay. the way uh, something happened with the master and uploading it to Instagram, if you hear it, uh, you know, uh, I, I hate to tell you this, but there's actually some low level distortion on the Instagram post. Okay. And that can happen with something to do with the mastering. Cause again, I, you know, I, I, this is years ago. I mean, I still don't really think I really know what I'm doing, you know, as far as like that tech side of things is concerned. Okay. But anyway, um, but I do have a complete studio version of that piece and it's very different. I had Miles on it. I had Bill Risby play piano on it. He was, I don't think I, he was available on that particular day. Um, and then um, it's different. It's a different, it's almost a different tempo even like that. That is a lot. That's the live version of that particular song. And I have the master of that live version. So I may actually do a release, release to it. streaming. I think, I think, yeah, I think of, you of should. Yeah. So I'll, uh, yeah, okay, I'll find, I'll, I'll right. find the YouTube uh, link and I'll put it in the show notes of this episode. So yeah, if you want a few people if you want just, to know that song, find, click on it. So. Yeah. I oh, mean, I'd super appreciate that. Yeah. If you just, if you just go um, type, I won't go to waste by Paul Mason into YouTube. I've been doing these um, little guitaring around episodes as yeah, well, where I just sort of play and, <laughs> Yeah. yeah, so I was thinking I'm, I'm, I see people like Tom Bukovac in Nashville just putting out a video of them just vibing, you know, they're putting out a lot of content and that's how you build your sort of audience, you know. Yep. It, it, and that's the thing, I, I, I still think having a fucking great song and a great, you know, rec- video of a great, and that was the aim that I wanted to do with recording that song that you mentioned. Yep. But it's still not enough today. You need to have, you need to be posting all the time, and you need to be like playing that TikTok game. And it's like, mm. you know, I, I don't. I want my life to be simpler. I want my incredible band to be as big as Kiss, and then just because of that, I want to be able to fill a four hundred seat theater in any city I go to and play whatever I want to play. <laughs> that's that's what I. That's all I want to do. You know, that's good. and I mean, you know, it's like. Bit of advertising help and and a, and a little bit of a little bit of elbow grease, yeah. Like I, I can do my I I put two hundred people in that venue in Melbourne that your friend was at, yeah. But it was a lot of work to do it, but I love it, you know. Yeah. And it's an amazing, amazing night. So yeah, I'm like super keen to just keep doing that, and then and you know it's really nice to hear some encouragement for the original stuff that i've been doing as well because it's it's so easy for that it sucks you know but it's so easy for that to that's all i need to, I, I need to have that not be taking such a back burner position yeah. like i actually need to really pr- kind of prioritizing that a little bit more yep. you know you need you need mm. a like a, a social media manager or something or upload guru so mm. they can pick a better um, fucking thumbnail. <laughs> well, that I mean, yeah, exactly. That thumbnail is – I've I actually wrestled with that. but for, I like, even, I'll have a look at it now actually. But the thumbnail yeah, yeah. on that, yeah, it's, it's, it is absolutely rubbish. But for some, for some reason, the um, – I can remember really wrestling with it and going yeah, like, right. fuck, I have to – I have to settle with that for some reason. <laughs> On YouTube, you can actually pick yeah, yeah, which you can, one you want. Yeah. I'll go. That's right. Yeah. But I think it's something to. It's not. It might be something to do with the. Like I think to change the thumbnail, I would have had to, you know, repost the video. Yeah, you don't want with to do the, that. You know. So, yeah. Yeah, and I'd yep. lose the bloody. 
because you, you see on on I don't want to lose my bloody 60 70 comments or whatever yeah. that are there and I and if I was like all of the other bloody idiots that I see go through and I've replied every single comment every single so instead of 70 now they've got a clip with 170 because they've replied to everything I'm like it's all fake yeah that's you right go, oh thanks so you know what I mean? Like it's just all the, I mean, sure, play the game. Play, play like, the algorithm. You got to work the algorithm, man. Yeah, and like you know, look, it's I see that 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 you know maybe I'm 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 starting to get bitter. You know, I probably am, old. I think but, you're getting old, mate. You're getting old. Oh, mate, I, I, I was old. I was old years ago. I was yeah. old in you know. Yeah, but uh, you know what it's like. It's it's just it's it's the music thing. Like it's such a. It's such a, a minefield, but no, you, you, yeah, you're absolutely right. Like, I, I definitely that thumbnail needs to go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, man. I know you got a meeting to go to, so we'll, we'll um. Yeah, I do. Yep. I got, like, and I've got to find a drummer for this gig tonight. You do, yeah. So we'll we'll wrap this up. Mm. But man, I, I've um, mm. I've had a great afternoon sitting hanging with you, man. It's hey, yeah, man. Good. Me too, bro. Yep. Thanks, thank you so much. Shame we're not in the same room, but that that'll happen. Yeah. Yep. That's all right. We'll, 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 um, yeah, we'll, we'll, let's, let's absolutely stay in touch. And, um, yeah, man, I'll, I'll, I'll see you on the 10th. Hopefully. Yes, absolutely. That'd be awesome. Yep, I'll be there. Awesome. All right, brother. Take it easy, Paul. All right. See you, man. Thanks, man. Yeah, love. Thanks, thanks to all your listeners <laughs> sending love. Cheers, bro. Yeah. Big love, brother. Thanks again. You too.